On the Record with White House Correspondent April Ryan. I am with Secretary Julian Castro, the Democratic, one of 20 plus Democratic presidential candidates. Wednesday night, 10 people. I mean, that's the minority night with Joe Biden. We have you, we have Cory Booker, we have Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. You're my top four I'm looking at. What can we expect? What can you tell us? Yeah, I want to have a strong debate. Uh, you know, coming into this debate, obviously, you have um, a lot of issues that have been out there where there's a difference of opinion, right, among different candidates, whether it's on health care or it's on uh, the best way to make sure we move forward as uh, one nation uh, or things like police reform. So what you can expect, or immigration for that matter, what you can expect is that, uh, you know, I'm going to lay out my vision for the future of our country and do it in a way that I think of the American people can really understand and that resonates with. And like I was in the first debate, I'm not going to be afraid to go toe to toe when I have to. Um, and then, but I also want to make sure that people know what I'm about and what I would do if I'm elected president. So I said this, the first debate, you were my MVP. The second debate, Kamala Harris was my MVP um, because you guys broke out. But this round of debates, there's going to have to be, this is kind of a make it or break it, like weeding out the wheat from the shaft to see who's going to rise to the level. Um, you're a nice guy. <laughs> Are we going to see like Joe Biden, I'm a clap back, I'm a breakout what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what people started to see in that first debate, and remember a lot of people you know, hadn't heard of me, my name ID was lower than some other candidates. What they started to see was that, uh, yeah, you know, I am a nice guy, but that I can also get in there and go toe-to-toe -to -toe and come out on top. And I think that's what they're going to see again this time. So I keep saying that there's blood in the water. Why is there blood in the water? Um, there's blood in the water for both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. One, Joe Biden showed there's, there are chinks in the armor. Kamala Harris went after him. Kamala Harris is now the one that everybody's like, oh, God, we got to get her before she gets us. So there are two people on Wednesday night that I believe there will be blood in the water. Am I wrong, sir? <laughs> well, look, I don't want to talk debate strategy, you know. <laughs> we'll save That's it just my assessment. Yeah. <laughs> we'll save it for the debate. But no, I mean, my number one goal is to make sure that people know who I am and what I want to do for the country. But it's also clear based on, you know, what we've seen from these moderators and the kinds of questions that they ask that I think what you're going to do, you're going to see on Wednesday is those differences of opinion, whether it's on immigration or it's, uh, you know, on health care or any number of issues. So they can expect that I'm going to fully come, uh, you know, ready to talk. And last question, you know, I'm Baltimore through and through. President Trump has hurt my heart with this going after Elijah Cummings and going after Baltimore black man, black congressional leader. I mean, he's gone after a lot of black people to include me, but to go after an American city that's hurting when he could change. You used to be HUD secretary. You know what Baltimore looks like. You were down there with Freddie Gray after the Freddie Gray issue. The issue of blight was down there. Tell us what your thoughts are and what can be done at this point instead of the president pointing it out. What can he do to fix it? Well, Baltimore is a beautiful community with a rich history to it. Uh, obviously, like a lot of places in our country, has real strong challenges. But what's so disappointing, in addition to the racism that this president has clearly shown, is the fact that instead of actually doing anything about it, he's just sitting there and uh, not being a part of the solution. What we should be doing are some of the things I've laid out. We need to be making investments so that every child can get a great 
pre-K education and a better K through 12 education. We need to be reducing segregation in, in our country because you still see the impacts of segregation and blight in Baltimore. We need to be investing in housing that's affordable uh, to people who are poor, working poor, middle class, uh, and ensuring that instead of trying to tear the country apart, that we try and bring people together. As president, not only would I work to try and make sure everybody can prosper, I would do it in a way that says we're all one country, we're one nation, and we have one destiny instead of what this president has done. So lastly, gentrification, you know, you were talking about bringing in affordable housing. When you see blight like that, people want to come in and change it, and the low-income people are left behind. They're moved out of their homes. What, what do you say for communities like Baltimore? Um, how do you do that in a way that all sides can prosper and not just the wealthy and move the, the low income out. You know, and this is a hard lesson to learn. I would say if we looked at American communities, I wouldn't give any city an A when it comes to dealing with gentrification and displacement. What we need to do, the way I think about it, is you need to give the people who live in a neighborhood uh, as many options as possible. And one of those options has to be the ability to stay in place live in the neighborhood where they and their family have, have planted roots for generations, but to do it in a way where the neighborhood has the kind of amenities that they want and has the infrastructure that they want and is safe. In other words, we need to work on making those neighborhoods better for them, not just better for the people who are going to replace them, which is what too often happens uh, in cities. When I was mayor of San Antonio, the, one of the first things that I did was to try and work to um, uh, enhance the east side of San Antonio that traditionally had been the largely African-American part of the city. And I said throughout that process that I wanted to improve the east side for the benefit of east siders. So that's the way that we need to think about it. How do we improve the community? What can we do? Uh, you know, you can offer incentives that allow people from within that neighborhood to be able to start their own businesses, to hire people from those neighborhoods. Uh, make sure that when you do housing, that you extend opportunities for those new new units for people from those neighborhoods to locate in them. Uh, those are the kinds of things I think that we should look at. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, I'm looking forward to this debate. This is a long campaign with six months left, but I think I got on a lot of people's radar screens after the first debate, and uh, I think that I can do well. With this week's On the Record, I'm AURN White House correspondent April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.